We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Back to the NFL Pick Six show. It's week number seven. NFL Pick Six, of, six, of course, sponsored by Thrive. We'll talk about them later on in the show. Joined as always, two of the sharpest minds in the business: Rich Rebar, Sharp Football Analysis, John Daigle, four for four, and Betsperts. Oh man, Daigle, what's going on, dude? How are uh, how was week six for you? Week seven, we'll talk about in a second. But I guess we can look back for a second. Is there anything? You know, it's generally a forward-thinking show. But is there anything worth uh, shining a light on, or we just want to move on, pretend like it didn't happen? Too much Kyler Murray, forward-thinking show. Everyone can move on from here. <laughs> yeah, I had some. I actually had my best week of the of, of the season. Nice, uh, but I, I did have too much Kyler as well. Like independent of that, uh, how about yourself, Rich? Uh, any thoughts as far as week six? Oh yeah, th- third week in a row we're 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 in the green, so we'll take it. Uh, feel good about where we are in the season right now, man. It feels like we're getting stronger as we move. Yeah, and we're collecting more and more data. We know more and more things. Now we're at week seven. Week uh, week seven, man, it's just an 11-gamer because there's some buys out there. And the tricky part is there are some really good players not playing. There's no Buffalo. There's mm. no Eagles, no Vikings, no Rams. 
The meta. Uh, what are we going to do with that Josh Allen? Yeah, Josh Allen, uh, no Hurts, no receivers, right? No Cooper Cup, no Diggs, uh, no Jefferson, no Brown. Uh, of course, there's no uh, Thursday night stuff, no Arizona, no Saints, no Pittsburgh, no Miami on Sunday night, and no Chicago or New England. Kind of thankfully on that one. Also, uh, you yeah. should be playing. This year was a great example. Like, if you're playing, like, any cash lineups, like, you should be playing Thursday through Sunday. Like, get in on Thursday nights because people will roster players in these terrible games. I used to do that a ton, and that's a great point. And, like, the, the, the reason why is that uh, people want instant gratification. Of course, yeah. there is no gratification because it's, like, the Broncos versus the Bears or whatever, and you're just miserable. And you, like, lock up three spots watching the game on Thursday night, and now you're playing catch-up, and you're dead, essentially. But dudes will be putting, like, Curtis Samuel on lineups and stuff just because they want to, like, they want to have someone to, to, to root for. Yeah, and you don't need to make a lineup. Just backload it. Just put a, you know, just put yeah. in a, a dummy lineup, and you figure it out later. And it's funny you mentioned that. I, I used to do it all the time, and I – have not done that in a while because these games have been yeah. terrible not many NFL terrible. games have been good this year but these Thursday night games have been particularly <laughs> trash but the Denver Broncos are actually on the main slate so maybe the edge is on I don't, <laughs> I don't know oh man uh we'll, we'll be talking about them soon enough of course if you guys if your first time here uh do appreciate y'all hanging out with us if you're on with us uh, on YouTube hit that like button do subscribe and turn on those notifications and feel free to chime in the chat I got my eye on there uh, most of the people listen to us on the replay. If you guys aren't aware, we record us on a Wednesday night. We do our best. It's kind of a first look podcast. Of course, things will change. The slate, as always, is fluid. Um, 11 Gamer, we always talk about three main games. Three main games. Dago focuses on those. We'll be talking about those in a second. Well, we all focus on them, but Dago selects them. Uh, I went three for three, Dago. I finally got it. I figured it out. You know, Usually I go two for three. I'm like, oh, these are the ones we're going to pick. I, I hit the trifecta. I don't know what I win. I just play this game in my head before the email comes. But, uh, I, yeah, it was pretty I, straightforward. I try to avoid the Cardinals every week, first of all. So <laughs> that, was, that was automatically eliminated for us. And then the C's sort of parted. Oh, like these three highest totals of the week are actually like the three most naturally interesting games. Like we can talk Bengals, Falcons whenever we get to positional plays. It, it sucks because Burrow isn't an – actually great spot after the week where he single-handedly won tournaments on DraftKings. But overall, also, we it's, it's really hard to pick players to roster on the Falcons. So can't really talk that game since we could ignore the Falcons or fantasy. And these three games just make the most sense. But Kyle Pitts plays for the Falcons. We're just going to completely he, ignore them? He does He does get three catches. You are correct. Yes. It was, we called exactly what was going to happen with Jamar Chase last week on Wednesday night. We knew yep. it was going to happen. He was going to get steamed up, and it was going to be his time. Dean even brought up the LSU narrative. I was it, the it first all, person to say it. It I'm all sure happened. It all, and Burrow showed up, shows up to the game in the Jamar Chase uh, yeah. LSU game-worn jersey. It was all, it was all just on, on full display. He rope up you a little bit. It took him a while to get there, but he got there yeah. in the end. It wasn't even close. He made it interesting, but Bengals yes. will do that to you. Uh, you know, Zach Taylor's never going to make it easy for us. And I will say, <laughs> you guys, uh, I can't remember who it was, but it might have been both of y'all like talking about the Kansas City receivers. We'll talk about Kansas City in a second, but I, you guys flat out said that MVS, this is not an, you know, you know dirt in the hand in the dirt, that kind of thing, the setup as far as the defense, it's a bad spot. And I was like, ah, you scored a touchdown. I played them. So what do these guys know? And then, of course, they take that touchdown down, and MVS did not spell or touch the ball the rest of the I've been meaning to look up. I feel like they're calling a legal man downfield at, like, the highest rate I've ever seen it. Like, this penalty, like, never existed for 20 years, uh, uh, like, in the NFL. Now it's, like, called twice a game. 
like it was like an O lineman, I guess. That's not yeah. Good. It was a it was an RPO play where like the center got like a yard downfield and it negated that touchdown. Yeah, that was uh you know I ended up with too much of him, but somehow I did find I found the the right lineup in a couple spots. So hopefully you can run it back with MVS this week if you want. Uh, I mean, do I want to though? <laughs> we'll talk about it. And yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna. That's one of the three main games. Spoiler alert. And then, like you guys suggested, uh, after we talk about the three main games, we run it back and talk about our fair plays, position by position, that are not in the three featured game eleven game slate. We talk the main slate here. Very first game we're gonna be talking about is Detroit at Dallas. Dallas seven point favorite, forty eight point total. John, uh, we're expecting some players to come back. Forty nine, I guess. I, I wrote this up last night, and I guess it's changed on the fly. Uh, my apologies. I've been uh, flooded with basketball all day today. So my brain's all over the place. NBA season, 12 gamer. They're not messing around. Uh, John, we're assuming that Prescott comes back this week and it looks like uh, Swift Swift is progressing and it looks positive that he's going to be back as well for Detroit. Is that where we're at on a Wednesday night? I believe that's where we're at. And we can go ahead and start with the Lions side because prior to their week five matchup, when all the injuries caught up to them, which they eventually would against the Patriots, we saw this Lions team for then still rank top in the league in yards per play. Still a ferocious offense. Uh, Lions also still in right now after their bye ranked second in the league and yards before contact per attempt. And that's how you're going to attack Dallas, most likely. Uh, Cowboys have allowed the six most runs this year of 10 plus yards on the ground. So assuming we get Swift back, Jamal Williams mixing back in, led the league in carries inside the five-yard line while Swift was healthy prior to becoming a bell cow. I think we will get some push here. And getting push matters because we've seen Jared Goff basically be volatile. The pendulum swings in either direction. When the Lions hang around and score points in a competitive game, Jared Goff has two finishes this year of top 10 quarterback, including QB1 overall of the week against the Seahawks. His three other games were outside the top 20. Not even an option you would ever consider. So as long as we get some pushback from the Lions and the Cowboys and a healthy Prescott in particular, I think all the what's the what's the analogy I'm looking for? Uh, all the boats rise from the tide. There you go. <laughs> a rising tide lifts all boats. There you go. Yeah, it lifts all ships. Something like yeah. that. There sure. you go. And it judges what it. Yeah, it's it ships boats. Close enough. Uh, but I just pulled it up here. Schultz did practice in full for Dallas today, as did Prescott with his thumb. I'm trying to find Detroit stuff. You happen to have the Detroit stuff here, Rich, as far as a, you know, Swift and everybody else. I yeah, really for their linemen. Swift looks like he's trying to come back. Uh, neither Shark or Josh Reynolds practiced today, which coming out of the bye, not the greatest of signs. So keep an eye on that uh, for them coming back for like your cheapy bring back types of guys. But uh other than that, Amon Ra looks good. He's gonna he, he looks good to go. He's the guy we really care about anyway. So as long as the Sun God and Swift are coming back, uh, those are the two playmakers we really care about. Yeah, and we're in a dome game too. Detroit got shut out there in New England when they were on the road. Of course, they're not home this time. They're still in a dome against Dallas. Pretty solid defense, obviously. Rich, what do you have as far as the Lions? I guess you want to talk about Amon Ra. I mean, he's the best player they have. So, you know, for fantasy, I mean, he's before the bye, he was he was targeted on thirty three point three percent of his routes. Uh, only Tyree Kill uh, targeted a higher rate per route run than he has so far this season, and that's even mixing in 
a game where, you know, he basically was just kind of out there and like dressed versus New England uh, hurt, hurt that rate a little bit uh, playing just 32% of the snaps, you know, had half mass. So he's coming back. I mean, it, it's not like the the greatest of matchups, but like Dallas hasn't played a lot of good quarterbacks. So it's like really hard to tell like Dan Quinn's done a really good job. We know there's a lot of talent on that defense. They haven't really like faced a lot of good, good uh, offenses and they haven't really been like particularly the greatest when it comes to defending slot receivers versus boundary receivers. They're 22nd in catch rate, a lot deposing slot receivers, 15th in yards per target right in the middle. They've allowed three touchdowns to those guys, like nothing, like nothing really stands out. But like, so when you look at Dallas's like quarterback schedule so far, uh, no, there's nothing that really, really stands out outside of Jalen hurts. So I don't think it's going to be a situation where we're like running and hiding from the Detroit guys, especially, you know, if they're getting a little bit healthier here uh, and healthier on the offensive line as well, which helps out against Dallas. Cause we do know that the one thing we can bank on their defense that is true is uh, they can rush the passer. I think the more interesting conversation here is Dak. And the, the tricky part again, as we talked about this week, uh, we're missing a lot of good quarterbacks, you know, hurts. Well, hurts and Allen uh, from the top for sure. We'll talk about, uh, some others that are pretty Lamar we'll talk about we'll talk about Mahomes but in optimals on a Wednesday night you know on Fandle the most popular quarterback right now is Dak Prescott getting a bit of a discount against Detroit Detroit horrendous defense obviously 7.5k on Fandle on DK the second most popular we got Derek Carr just in front of him uh, he's just really really cheap on DK at 5.9k I mean is it is it wait and see for you Rich as far as Prescott or like if he's out there we assume he's good to go and that's that yeah, it's tricky. So historically, players, I'm pretty cautious on players coming off of long injuries for multi-apses and quarterbacks, especially they tend to underperform. Uh, it is a, a hand injury too, like a thumb injury. So it's kind of dicey. Uh, if he comes in really popular, it's it's probably going to be hard to like really buy in. Um, it, it's it's a really tough spot, like from an injury stance, but then it's a really great spot on paper, right? Uh, like everything about the Lions is absolutely terrible. They're 26th in passing points allowed per game. They're 21st in completion rate allowed, 25th in touchdown rate allowed, 29th in yards per pass attempt allowed. Uh, I mean, Bailey Zappi made his first career start. And granted, <laughs> he basically played the whole game the week before against the Packers, but through four completions, an average of nine yards per pass attempt, like where we don't think Dak Prescott even not at hundred percent is like capable of, of performing here. Uh, and what's really interesting though, is what Dak does from a top down stance for the Cowboys. Right. So from weeks two through six, like after Dak got hurt, like the Cowboys just packed everything in and were like very insular. Like they didn't, they weren't challenged to score very many points. They just didn't put Cooper in any situations to throw unless they had to. They were 8% below pass rate expectation. Uh, that's where you look for Dak to make an impact, right? Like this team is 30th in rate of drives to get to the red zone uh, under Cooper Rush. Like that's where you're looking for like Dak Prescott now to raise, like the, the like Daigle said, to, to, to raise the ships up. Uh, they, they're 30th in red zone plays run. Uh, Zeke, Zeke Elliott has four red zone touches on the year. He has 86 touches this year and he has four red zone touches. Wow. Uh, you know, obviously he gets like the great run out against the Lions if they can get there uh, in the red zone. But what it really stands out too is they're going to be more aggressive and have more chances to score. The player that really stands out is CeeDee Lamb because all of CeeDee Lamb's rate stats 
are among the league best. I mean, he has 33% of the team targets. That's number one in the NFL. He is seen at least 27% of the team targets in every game this year. He's been targeted on 31% of his routes. That's fourth in the league, but they have no pass volume to this point. So if Dak's going to get there and they'll be more aggressive and they're going to throw the football more and have more chances to score than they've had before, like a guy like CeeDee Lamb looks like he's about ready to like be what we thought we were drafting at the one-two turn instead of a guy that's just like treaded water through the Cooper Rush weeks. Yeah, and a week with no Diggs and no Cup and no Jefferson and no, no A.J. Brown, the most popular player right now on DK uh, as far as my optimals, it very, very clearly – is CD Lamb, and I believe he's first on Fandle as well. So, uh, actually, uh, Brandon Cook's just a bet ahead of Lamb, basically one and one a on Fandle for what it's worth. John, the same question. Optimizer pick of Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> Brandon not- Cooks and Zay Jones every week. I, yeah. I I even said like I was looking at the matchups, and off the top of my head, I said, "Oh, Brandon Cooks is probably a good play." And I go and look, and like early projections are him being like a top three wide receiver roster. I said, "Oh, I should have figured that." Of course, mm-hmm. in a dome against the Raiders, playing catch up, like it all kind of makes sense until you realize it's he's attached to Houston and it's Brandon Cooks. Um, Dago, your thoughts as far as Prescott. The only thing is, is Prescott's like right now probably going to be in a lot of cash games, which, you know, you're supposed to be quote unquote safer in cash games, at least like floor right. and all that. I, I don't know. Maybe I, I totally get the idea of fading him in tournaments or being lower than the, mm-hmm. the field, but it's an interesting conundrum for cash as well. It's, I mean, Rich already talked about the success other quarterbacks have had. And I think it may help for tournaments. Maybe not because the salary is so low and everyone knows the matchup. But it may help that the last time we saw him in week one, it was against a Bucks defense, but he was pitiful. He was so bad. And everyone forgets it because of mm-hmm. what we saw about Cooper Rush last week. Uh, under, four yard, under five yards per attempt. Completed just 48% of his passes before he got injured. But again, that was the Bucks pass rush and a Bucks defense. So... Completely different matchup overall. I still think the more interesting approach is leveraging off for Ezekiel Elliott. I still think tournament players uh, are not going to be able to hold their nose and roster Elliott. And and it's such an amazing matchup. Lines have allowed the league's highest rate of explosive runs, 10-plus yards. Uh, The only defense permitting over four yards after contact per attempt. And the only team also allowing at least 25 fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. And so if I have an opportunity to perhaps leverage off of a questionable health of Dak Prescott and instead go to the running game, we know they will go to Ezekiel Elliott inside the red zone whenever they get there. So that's the method I still prefer personally. Last week, 61% snaps for Zeke. That's basically in line for the season, a little bit lower than normal, but somewhere between 61 and 67. Pollard around, you know, 35, 40 in that area. Is that enough for you, uh, Rich, as far as Zeke? I mean, nobody likes playing Zeke. Optimizers will play him, I'm sure. Uh, you know, again, you're going to get – it's a, it's a home favorite on the turf against a terrible offense, and you pretend it's not Zeke Elliott, and you pretend it's not 2023, you know, it's fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if you don't – what's that? If, I mean, if you don't like him here, then you're just never going to like him, right? Like, yeah. It's, it's one of those situations. He's really cheap. I do prefer him on FanDuel than DraftKings yeah. for obvious reasons. I mean, he's just not – the one thing is, like we say, like that can – raise the tide of them getting to the red zone and creating scoring opportunities for Zeke. But he still is 
not play, he's still giving conceding a larger share of the backfield touches than he has in any season. He's not catching any passes, and neither is Tony Pollard. This isn't like an either or thing. And even in the game that Dak Prescott played, the running backs didn't catch any passes either. So I mean, it's granted that's a one game sample uh, with Dak, but like these these guys just haven't been used through the air at all, uh, Elliott or Pollard. So. I mean, I think the price is right. I do like him at six five a lot more on Fanduel than the six flat mm-hmm. on DraftKings because he's still like in the middle of all of like that that run of DraftKings guys, right? Like Brees Hall's for some reason still never is getting run up in terms of pricing on DraftKings. Kenneth Walker's still like right there. Uh, you got still like guys like Damian Pierce, like guys that are probably just going to catch a little more passes. Uh, Josh Jacobs is only five hundred more than him on DraftKings. Uh, so yeah, but I mean, if you're not going to like Ezekiel Elliott here, like when will you, he's not going to hit optimals unless you're forcing it. Right. That's the way I'm looking at it right now. Uh, you mentioned Jacobs, especially on DK, the Jacobs price is really, really good. We'll talk about Walker soon enough as well. Uh, and Hall's got a pretty good price on DK where he's kind of popping. Let's have the conversation about crap tight ends now because, uh, Dalton Schultz is popping, especially on Fandle, but I think it's a better conversation to have on DK. Uh, John, you know, I, I guess you probably guessed or you, you might have looked ahead as far as the crap tight ends that are popping. There's three that are like 21 to 33 percent. Oh, and yeah. it's it's uh, and you're going to get another one. Oh, well, OK. So Otten, is that you're thinking about? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we're assuming that it, Otten's getting 10 percent. So we're, we're assuming that who's uh, it's going to be going to be sitting uh, great. I most likely like if you look at the video and the way things are going, I'm not a doctor, but I imagine they're going to play it safe. He's not going to play this week. But the number one guy is, you know, he's got that Monday night, you know, uh, the, the salary did not change. Albert O is, uh, you know, pulled this, he's just gone. He's disappeared. No longer in existence. He was never real to begin with, as far as I know. But, uh, yeah, John, uh, we're looking at, well, on DK, this is the one. He was 2.5K or 2.6K, right? Pulling it up now for Denver. Uh, yeah, 2.5. Uh, Adultich uh is 2.5k his salary did not change and then noah fant is grabbing some salary which is okay noah that's fant. that's also optimal is always brandon cooks and noah fant every single <laughs> week <laughs> calling out the optimal he's 3-1 uh and schultz on dk he's really cheap on fatal too but schultz is 3-6 over there if he's back i assume he's full go and then there's otten uh it, it just feels like it's cheap pun tight end we can we can have the conversation. Did you say Evan Ingram? I'm surprised he didn't make it in there. Uh, he's got a revenge game, doesn't he? I think Ingram he's 3-3, three, three, right, over there? 2%. He's in 2% of lineups. Oh, uh, okay. You know who also landed in 2% of lineups? Uh, Mark Andrews, who's really, really good and just every single week just crushes it. Um, just interesting how that works. But, John, do you have a Especially when everyone's going to play down. Like, people are – like, Dulcich yeah. will probably be the cash game chalk. That's what like. And if yeah. and we'll probably get a lot of Dulcich and a lot of and anyways even in tournaments and just because they're so cheap and probably like we said if it's the other guys like man it, like you could just bury those guys though if you play Kelsey or Andrews and they go off. Yeah, uh, that's just kind of how that goes, and that's that's been sort of the season too. Just play Andrews every single week. Just like don't even think about it. He might have disappointed one week or something like that. But do you have a, a, a preference? This is why because we're talking about Dallas. Uh, John, you have a favorite amongst this nonsense. I mean, uh, and you didn't even mention if Donald Parham's ruled out and Keenan Allen is ruled out. Uh, oh, Gerald yeah. Everett's Gerald Everett moves into a better spot, and he's roughly 500 to 700 more than those guys. So, I also, yeah, I, I also like Gerald Everett too. 
and spinning up from these other guys. I, I just have a hard time getting there with Dulcich. Everyone's always excited about a rookie, so it's usually overblown when we talk about these players. But just a 10.7% target share. And he did run around on 81% of dropbacks in his first game back. That's great. But how he got there on just 10% of the targets with that long touchdown on broken coverage, and for, for a bad offense, we don't want to play anyways. Like even Cortland Sutton, even though it was against Sauce Gardner, no, not against Sauce Gardner, even though it was against, uh, I don't even remember. It's, it's already week seven who they played Monday night because they're so bad. Nonetheless, Cortland Sutton struggled to get there as well because the Broncos spread the ball out to 10 different receivers in the first quarter. So overall, like I don't mind fading uh, Broncos tight end. Like, that doesn't bother me at all. I, I think I still lean Kate Otten, even though I've been tricked by Tom Brady twice now. Uh, I may I may be fooled into tricking a third time. You got to okay. see it through now. Yeah, like we got to keep playing this back. <laughs> Eventually, it's got to hit. Littered Fournette can't score every touchdown for this team a third week in a row. At least that's what I'm telling myself. Yeah, first Tampa Bay running back in uh, franchise history to catch a touchdown in three straight games. Fool Unreal. me twice, you ain't going to fool me again. Listen, Brady has a 3.2% touchdown rate, though, and he's thrown for over 350 yards three games in a row. Uh, over 6% touchdown rate the past two years with the Bucks. Like, I'm just going to – the regression, the regression, he screamed into the <laughs> – We'll talk about Kittle in a, in a second. We'll talk about that Kansas City-San Francisco game. Like, he was nice to see him get 10 targets last game, and you have to assume, in theory, San Fran might have to push and throw the ball a little bit more in a game against Kansas City. Uh, John, you got anything else as far as Dallas and uh, Detroit that we should talk if- about? I'll just say, like, if you're not scared to play Dak, like, you can't be scared to play Schultz. Like, his, his highest target share of the year came in week one whenever Dak was under center. You just lock him in. Just play them together. The uh, only thing I want to see in this yeah. game is that Kellen Moore did a really excellent job without Dak Prescott mm-hmm. and, like, do smart things with Dak. Don't just go back to being the same Dallas offense. Because, like, Kellen Moore has done this before where, like, he gives us, like, a four- or five-week stretch where, like, damn, this dude, like – is just in his bag and then like they'll just ghost and be like the like a just a really like boring offense again for like a, like another stretch and i hope dallas actually does a lot of the creative things because what they did with cd lamb for that stretch of cooper cooper rush was was nothing short of really just really well executed and i would love to see cd lamb continue to be used in that capacity with like an offense that's actually aggressive do you want to say what's up to the chat i know again a lot of you guys are listening to us on the recording but if you're listening to us live we do appreciate that kindly hit the like button do subscribe turn on those notifications and i didn't know this i just learned this in the chat rich did you you went in the cage match with the i assume with smizzle right yeah i was there today you can go check that out on smizz's channel uh you know it was a blast you know i have to defend my strap because i went in there last year and uh pulled out a win so we did a unique uh wager this week so you have to check that out Oh, nice little tease. I was just going to ask, is it not for charity? It is for charity, but we did, we got creative with it. Good. Yeah. I, I, I love that concept. It's a lot of fun. Uh, maybe week 17 or year 17, Smiz might uh, invite me on. I would love to participate. It seems like a phenomenal, just a fun, just a fun, fun concept. Uh, I, think, I think my, my favorite moment ever was last year or was it two years ago. They all run together is that Silva went on and then he not only put up 10k to start like literally just came out talking about a 10k matchup but then also drafted paris campbell like a 3100 receiver at the time on DraftKings. like he started with the cheapest person you could jam in possible 
did he know the rule? Was Paris Campbell a good play that week? I don't. I have no idea. Do you write your recall or just? He There's was just really no out. way to tell. There's really no way to tell. <laughs> and it was a, it was a 10k. Like I know it depends upon like whatever they want to put up for charity. You put up 10k for charity. It was it was Silva. Yeah. Good. It was good great. For Silva, man. Oh, well, well done. And I know Smizzle's got his uh, his no kid hungry, which uh, which he does, mm-hmm. he does a great job yep. with. A lot of people in the DFS. Uh, you know, Dink Myers got his Welly Maker. Um, oh God, I'm losing the guy who does the uh, Scott Fishbowl, which is incredible work. Of course. Yeah. It's his birthday today, actually. For real. Not just Travis Mangone <laughs> showing up and saying happy birthday. <laughs> it's actually Scott Fish's birthday today. I fell for that once. I, I don't know if I believe if it is or it is not. But if it is, happy birthday out there. Go on, go on Twitter and tell Scott Fish happy birthday. Literally the best of us. There you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, seems like he does amazing work. Yeah. Uh, Seattle. Seattle at the Chargers. We can't get rid of Seattle. Seattle the Chargers. 52 and a half total. Chargers, seven-point favorite. Rich, dealer's choice. Where do you want to start in this game? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to probably talk about in this game because we finally saw like the Seattle Carnival kind of ended, right? Like, you know, they looked like the old versions of Seattle where they ran the football, played good defense. And we also had a thing where we tried to create something from the Cardinals offense through Mm -hmm. the Seattle defense. And we kind of have a similar spot because this Chargers offense, not that hot right now. And it's not just from Monday. Like we've got a multi-week sample of them really kind of not really being productive with the football. We've got lots of injury stuff to kind of wade through on the Chargers. Keenan Allen was talking about maybe not playing because they're on bye next week. So like maybe just kicking this thing and being healthy for the back half. Josh Palmer's in concussion protocol. Uh, Justin Herbert's coming off of uh, an A dot of just 4.2 yards. It was the first time he didn't throw a touchdown since week 13 of 2020. <laughs> uh Rough, man. A lot of tough scenes. Uh, but Kenneth Walker is really cheap. Uh, and he feels like he, it feels like the running backs, like the two safest guys in this game. But they're also still that outcome where, like, the, could the carnival come back? Why is Herbert not throwing? He's got a ridiculous arm. Why? why what's that? Is What's the reasoning for that? Lots of there's a it's not just one. I mean, it's a couple of things. One, Herbert did this in college, too. Like, this is what he did in his college career. Uh, his A dot dropped through college every year, but the offensive line is like an absolute travesty right now. We'll see if Corey Lindsley ends up playing, but they've already lost Rashawn Slater for the year. They also have no vertical options. Like there's no speed yeah. receiver. Like people were talking about Mike Williams on Monday night, just getting locked down by Patrick Sertan, but like where Mike Williams, all his routes develop like that. There was no shot to even get the football to him outside of a few times because of just the pressure. So you have that. There's been the loss of Keenan Allen. And then like the fact that, yeah, just he's, he's throwing to a bunch of guys that really inherently require low A dots, except for big Mike and big Mike's not like a separator downfield. He's a contested catch guy downfield. So there's a lot of moving factors. And then we can also sprinkle in Joe Lombardi too. Like let's not absolve him either for all those things. Is uh, Palmer or Carter not burners? Those guys can't run it. I mean, for some reason I feel like they're speedsters. I feel like Carter. Yeah, Carter's like won't... a more of like a interior slot guy though, like a vertical slot. But okay. like, they don't have like any burner. Like they need like a they, that team like Herbert needs like a Will Fuller type. And it's so frustrating because they are trying. They have the fourth most dropbacks on early downs. Herbert's averaging forty three passes per game. But yes, it's just not coming to fruition. Even when they reach the red zone, Herbert's twenty of forty two inside the twenty right now. Like it's not pretty. The results. Djax, man, they could have used him. I guess Baltimore got to him first. I don't. Does he still have some legs, Djax? Thirty-five years old. He yeah. will always have Thanksgiving last year. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. One, one catch, like eighty yards. Is that what it was? Something like <laughs> yeah, that? that. We called it. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it was three games late, we got it. 
What what do you have uh, on the Chargers there, uh, John? It, it's just the same thing. Like on one hand, Seahawks are allowing the fourth highest rate of 15 yard plus throws through the air. So you think it would be a great spot for Herbert, but we do need to see how things shake out in the injury report. Uh, I, I am curious how many people go to Austin Eckler. His salary's risen on both sides. I think he's 9,300 on FanDuel. That's quite expensive. But at the same time, it looks like Josh Kelly is definitely out this game. And so there is more touches for Eckler in this spot in particular. And just think about what Seattle's defense is allowed on the ground. Like we've been getting there with Eckler for both reasons, for his touchdowns mostly, but he's averaging seven and a half catches per game since week two in the receiving range of the of the field. But then look at what Seattle's allowed on the ground and Eno Benjamin only reaching 37 yards, but it's because overshadowed by Kyler Murray's 100-yard game last week. And then prior to that, both Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill reached 100 yards. And then before them, Jamal Williams and Corderell Patterson went over 100 yards individually as well. It was actually a career-high rushing performance for Corderell Patterson in week two. So they're just giving it up to everyone. So either way, whether we get the Chargers passing game, like Austin Eckler is still arguably the best running back on the slate. Feels like this might be the lowest that Everett's been. Well, he was 3-7 last week. Okay, he's 4K. Feels kind of cheap for Everett. Um, by the way, for what it's worth, 1% he's showing up, and 1% of lineups, that's uh, Austin Eckler on a Wednesday night. Optimal lineups, of mm-hmm. course, he's going to be higher than that, but um, he's not, you know, the right way to build on a Wednesday night, if that makes sense, if you're considering about Brandon Cooks and Greg Dulcich <laughs> fit Eckler <laughs> in the optimal, so I agree. Well, uh, we live in the world of a salary cap, and that's why <laughs> Brandon yeah. Cooks is in there. <laughs> um, Seattle, uh, the Kenneth Walker show. Kenneth Walker is certainly going to be played a good bit. He's going to be really, really popular this week, uh, basically claiming that backfield. What was it, like two-thirds, uh, John? I think D- Dallas had some some of the third-down stuff or most of the third-down stuff. Otherwise, Walker was the man. Yes, uh, DJ Dallas still ran just one more route than Ken Walker. But it doesn't matter, as Rich called him, like Ken Walker is that dude. Profiled, amazing, has that dead step we all like where he – it looks like a strut almost, and then he just explodes forward. But overall – 21 of 23 backfield touches for Ken Walker. Like He is basically an every down back. If this is a competitive game, you would imagine he's involved throughout anyhow. So the Chargers, since they are allowing the second most yards after contact per attempt for the type of profile Walker offers, it's just an amazing game for even skinny stacks for the running backs. Yeah. yeah he hit the threshold for my uh, – I basically cut it off on, on DK at about 70%, and that's what he hit. He basically hit the threshold there. Playerprofiler.com, uh, Rich, who is the closest comp to Kenneth Walker? He was awesome. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's a fun game to play. He, he had a ridiculous speed score. He was like 211 pounds, and I think he was like 90th percentile, so it's probably a pretty good player. Uh, this tell player me may have stolen, he may have stolen somebody else's nickname. Or it, was, it was already clearly somebody else's, but somebody else gave him this, and then depending on how old you are, these initials are a certain person. That's not helped me. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> you're going to hate yourself. I probably will. John, feel free to play at any moment. You got I, I don't know. I was actually going to say Rashad Penny. I thought Matt Kelly was just going to play the fun game. Uh, who, is, <laughs> who is LT to you? Mm. LT? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, who is, depending well, on who you are, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, Lawrence Taylor is the original T, and then, yeah, Ladanian. Uh, well, well, yeah, he was pretty good. Uh, but like you said, he comes from good stock, right? We, high oh, expectations, yeah. uh, great, great pedigree, all, all those adjectives. Uh, Seattle receivers, good Lord, man. Uh, 
You know, there's one just, when we, to... just when we thought it was safe. Yeah, ju- just when both reached the top 12. Uh, a lot of smart guys last week were like, uh, in cash games, were saying, you know, because it's kind of the way things worked on DK, the way the build worked. It's like, well, we can play both, you know, DK and Tyler. And I don't know what the, the breakup's going to be, but combined, they'll get like 45. It could be, you know, 30, 15 or whatever, 40. It could be, you know, 17, 20. Well, they both completely just stunk. It was a disaster. It was terrible. Um, both we talked about last week, though, DK being a guy to avoid. Who's uh, who's going to bounce back this week? Or is it going to be both of, them, both of them, Rich? Who do you uh, prefer amongst the two? Uh, this week on paper, because uh, none of these things tend to always work out like that, because, you know, Lockett didn't get there either last week. But I think DK has the better matchup this week. Uh, you know, he still, you know, had, you know, 23% team target share. He has at least 20% of team targets in every game this year. He leads the team in target share and targets per route run. Uh, but the Chargers are allowing 8.6 yards per target and 22.7 PPR points per game to opposing wide receivers on the boundary. That's 16th and 20th. They've also allowed five touchdowns to opposing wide receivers on the boundary. That's 24th. They did end up benching JC Jackson just outright on Monday night. So maybe he was oh, wow. just a part of it, you know, and, you know, so maybe just benching him relieves some of those numbers, but they've been really good against opposing slot receivers and Lockett's not like a pure slot. He still plays 60% of his snaps still on the outside too. So it's not like he's like Jacoby Myers. Right. And it's just like jammed in. So he can still take advantage of some of that stuff that I talked about for DK too. It's just that DK is inherently out there a lot more wide than Lockett is, but I would edge DK bouncing back more this week, but uh, we've been down this road before. Didn't they just pay JC Jackson like a pile of money? Did I miss that? Is that correct? Like he's yeah. already getting benched. Yeah, that's that's correct. I believe he's pro football co- pro football focuses second lowest graded cornerback in coverage this year. Oh boy, yeah, I guess that'll do it. I suppose. Uh, we well, did. He gave up the big plays. Uh, Brand Staley did him no favors after the game. Like didn't even hide it. Like the Dulcich play was his assignment. And then he had another play where I think it was KJ Hamler. He ended up not being a touchdown, but just like it was his assignment too. Like that huge play Russ had, which could have been a touchdown, but wasn't. John, anything else as far as uh, Metcalf versus Lockett? We sort of touched about the quarterbacks and passing. Do you have a preference if you're going to stack this game? Who do you want to start with? You want to start with Herbert? Or you want to start with Gino? I think I would still take a chance on Herbert because at least we're getting the volume and yes, all the, all the results have been ugly, but I'd still like, if I'm going to play Eckler, at least I would like to carry along Herbert contrarian that way. Um, and also I would not play Noah fan. I really don't understand <laughs> how he keeps popping when like, <laughs> I, I understand he tied for a team high targets last week, but like the rates don't change behind the scenes. He's ran around on, 58.5% of their dropbacks the past two weeks, uh, which is very similar to 57% he ran in week one. Like, it really – they use three tight ends. I don't get it. Yeah. I'm looking at that, too. I, I pulled that same thing up. I was curious why. And, yeah, like I, I don't have the actual routes from, but, like, snap rate is not changed, basically. It's the same. Uh, Disley actually ran an extra you – know, was on the field a little bit more. but And then Parkinson is the third guy. just lurks as well, too. And yeah, I, I don't, I don't get it. And he's not like two five. He's like three K. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, I'm not saying you can't play him, but I'm not enthused about it. I'm, I'm guessing you're not enthused either, Rich. As far as no offense. No, not for DFS. I mean, really, not in any anywhere. Well, not DFS. Then what? Like, yeah, no, not in anywhere. Not in any capacity. Not. I'd rather even stream someone else if you had uh, 
Goddard on by or uh, who else is ever on by this week. Uh, I think there's another good tight Max. end on by. Oh, I guess by default, Tyler Higby has been a good tight end this year. Um, when yeah, you're making I, your tight end season long, what's what's like tight end 10? What does tight end 10 look like? Oh, it's terrible. Every week, like when I, you know, cause we, we rank players every week and uh, it's gross by the time we get that to that level. Uh, terrible. <laughs> like, uh, Connor Hayward was a top 12 tight end last week. That's that's where we're at right now. Ooh, should I know who Connor Hayward is? But like dudes like Everett like live there, right? Where you're just like yeah. every week it's like, dude, I, it's like, you know what? I don't really think Everett's been that good. I don't want to keep playing him. And when you just like rank tight ends, it's just like, oh, I guess Gerald Everett's around here. Like Evan Ingram, right? Like Evan Ingram's right around there. He hasn't really done anything, but just same area. He's getting targets like any tight ends are just getting targets is half the battle for, for all, uniform. all i know is that kyle pitts got to 87 yards and tg <laughs> hawkinson had a career high receiving yards against the seattle defense so okay donald parham's out i'm paying up for the one percent away from the optimal noah fan for gerald everett yeah uh and 4k is not even that extravagant no. Where, where is uh where's Taysom in the season long rankings for tight ends? Like, is he around ten or higher? He's still he's still number three in points per game. Um, <laughs> but even though he has three games now as a top three tight end, you got to play like in order to catch those games, you have to play his floor, and his floor is below below the top thirty. So you just gotta you gotta ride the wave. If you can't if you don't want Taysom at his worst, you can't have him at his best. Yeah, you gotta commit. You gotta commit to yeah. it. <laughs> Better in best ball. I mean, that's what is that one of the classic? Oh, guys? yeah. Yeah. You love to have him in best ball. People are taking those victory laps on Twitter for sure. Game number three of our three games Kansas City, San Francisco, San Fran getting three points, 48 and a half is the total. Uh, well, John, do you want to play whack a mole with these uh, Kansas City receivers? We saw Juju have had a, a nice night now, last time out. We saw MVS with a big fat zero. Uh, of course, you can always just play Travis Kelsey. He's pretty good too if you have the salary. Well, what's your thoughts as far as the Kansas City offense? It's like Rich talked about last week, too. Juju was the only one being consistent with at least eight targets in four or five games played, but the results hadn't followed. And then the one time he sees five targets, the results just explode because that's the game we're playing here. Um, another game, though, that comes down to the injury report because the Chiefs in the toughest matchup, undoubtedly, they'll play all year against the Bills, still averaged over six yards per play. Mahomes had eight completions of 15 yards in that game. Finishes the QB5 on the week, despite only scoring 20 points in the box score. And you look at this 49ers injury report, this defense, that last week even, the Falcons averaged over six yards per play against. And that's not to take away from Arthur Smith, who is calling an amazing offense with no fantasy relevance whatsoever. But the defense is just a shade of themselves. I mean, maybe we get Nick Bosa back. Maybe this week, but still, uh, Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, Emmanuel Mosey, Mosley, Jimmy Ward, Chardarius Ward, uh, Drake Jackson, who was starting in place of those other cornerbacks. Like, it's bad right now. So, it's a there's a real opportunity here for practically everyone in the Chiefs offense to get there. The 49ers have actually called the second highest rate of eight man boxes as well to stop the run. So, you would think the Chiefs play it safe as well and just methodically move their way down the field with the uh, high points per receptions for their receivers. You say everybody's got a shot, but there's nobody you feel like you need. I mean, of course, Kelsey, but otherwise like CEH is not really getting, he's, I think he's got some positive touchdown equity, right? I've uh, been kind of lucky there. Uh, Juju's been fine, but MBS and Hardman and it's, it can be so many different guys. Do you have a preference here, Rich, as far as the, the KC offensive pieces? Who do you want to pair at Mahomes, if anybody? I mean, just, 
You just got to play Kelsey if, he's the, if you're going to do that. But, I mean, you talked yeah. about Dak and, like, Carr being, like, the optimal cash game guys. I think it's pretty clearly Patrick Mahomes as, the, as the, like, the optimal cash game guy uh, because we've seen, like, none of these guys – like, some of these guys can't get there, right? Like, it's been a have and have not quarterback season. And if, you're, if the field is reduced to just Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes being the only guys that really have, like, 30-point ceilings – and Patrick Mahomes comes with like an inherent floor. I mean, he was just the top six scorer against the Bills. Uh, like, yeah, I think he's pretty clearly the like if you're talking about just for like from a cash game stance, like he's pretty clearly the quarterback that you play this week. Yeah, I mean, ideally, you you do your absolute best to get there. Yeah, uh, I I completely agree with that. Uh, and it's not that much more. And, and again, things change as the week progresses. We'll see how tight the cap is. Uh, you know, in reality, when Sunday rolls around. Uh, and again, there's a lot of players we talk about. You're just not even available to play this week. So what are you even saving salary for? You might as well spend on the really, really good quarterback. If you can get the really, really good quarterback and figure out the rest. Um, and the 49ers have like their metrics all look good, but uh, they face Justin Fields, uh, Geno Smith, <laughs> Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Baker Mayfield, and Marcus Mariota. And Mariota threw for nine yards for pass attempt against them last week. <laughs> like, it's not like these dudes have been like the 85 bears, like shutting down, like, amazing offenses like and maybe that's just the case for the nfl this season in general like who has played a hard schedule right all these teams suck who's good yeah like (laughs) you know so maybe we shouldn't even care about this like any who anyone's played because everyone's bad yeah it's it is so wild um if you had to pair somebody with Mahomes, rich and it's not kelsey who would it be I mean, just just gotta be Juju, man. Like he's the only yeah. dude like that has had like any shade of consistency or a floor, right? Like, cause even like like Juju probably is not gonna be like the player like people thought. Like you know, people had whispers like he could be this year's Cooper Cup, right? Uh, he just doesn't have any kind of explosion anymore. But like he's still like hit. He's still floating around like turning in like wide receiver like thirty five to forty games. It's not like the dude is like putting up zeros and donuts every week. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What do you have as far as uh, San Francisco, Rich? 
Yeah, I mean, this is the side that's probably the most interesting for DFS mm-hmm. this week because the 49ers are now a bottom five team in, you know, EPA rushing the football, DVOA rushing the football. Uh, like Daigle said, you know, you look at what their defensive situation is last week and it forced them into just this completely negative game script uh, where they have to throw the football, which they've got talent. Like when they have to throw the football close to 40 times, like, they're really good players that like they have to throw the football to, which is pretty nice, right? Like we like when Brandon Ayuk can get 11 targets and we haven't been able to get that. The whole reason like we haven't been able to play Brandon Ayuk consistently is because 20% of the 49ers targets are like six targets a game. Uh, now yeah. we're in a situation where not only are they going to have to chase points inherently because even at the 49ers best version of their defense, the Chiefs are going to score. If it's the worst version of the 49ers defense, they're going to score even more. The Chiefs are facing 41 pass attempts per game, and they're allowing their 29th in passing points allowed per attempt. So they're bad per attempt and facing a lot of attempts. Quite the cocktail, right? They've allowed five top 10 scoring weeks to opposing quarterbacks. Everyone's been a top 15 scorer against them. Jimmy Grapple already has back-to-back top 10 scoring weeks in fantasy uh so like he has to by default kind of be in play here and then the chiefs five, are just five? getting yeah like that price five five yeah why not all right yeah no I mean, just, he's cheap yeah i mean look at every quarterback that's faced the chiefs they face some pretty good guys but like everyone's getting there and they're just getting they're another team they've got a bunch of injuries on the outside right like we saw against the bills like they're they're down to guys they sign up the practice squad the game before so we'll see if like Fenton comes back and McDuffie comes back. But if they're out again, like Debo, Ayuk are going to be in a situation where their target shares actually matter. Cause it's really cool to cite target share, right? And targets per route run. But like ask a lot of people that have Drake London if that shit matters, like when your team's throwing <laughs> 20 passes, right? And that's always been the case with the 49ers, right? It's always been Kittle's bugaboo. It's been Ayuk's bugaboo. Like the 49ers are when they're throwing 26 to 27 passes per game what is a 28% target share, right? But now if we're going to get 40 pass attempts, you saw against the Falcons, right? Like everyone gets there. When when have we ever had a game where Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and Brandon Nuke all get double-digit targets? Like that happened last weekend. It could happen again here. John, which do you care about more? And I, I agree. I, I'll give me raw targets before, uh, you know, will you get 20% of the pie? Well, how big is the pie? That, that's more important for me uh what what do you care about obviously both are useful to some degree yeah and it's our job to know both like for instance you can look at 49ers being a top five defense in man coverage then you can say okay well Nicole Hardman has recorded 60 percent of his targets and at least an over two yards per route run against man coverage this year but at the same time you then look at Nicole Hardman's targets and he hadn't seen more than six in any game so like you really don't care overall about what he's getting especially since he's had two games with just one target um and so yeah we just compile everything but overall I even played Brandon Ayuk in a couple bad spots on redraft teams last week just because of the 49ers injury report like you could tell from the beginning <laughs> there was absolutely a week they were going to be a negative game script and have to throw and it's where we're at again this week and, and it could be, like Rich said, George Kittle even double-digit targets week. Uh, the first the first time ever uh, on the season last week that he ran around on over 80%, 87% of dropbacks, he reached 96%, like the best threshold ever, unless he was at 100% dropbacks. So I like all of them. The interesting note is that even though Debo Samuel is averaging a 27% target share this year and from Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, we have three consecutive games now 
where his running back usage has essentially been taken away where the past three games, he hasn't had more than two carries in any game. So he is, he has become a wide receiver. Now it is still Debo Samuel. Like he's still a one for one talent. So it's, it's a player, especially after in a week after Brandon Ayuk scores two touchdowns that I still want to bet on Debo Samuel and like squeeze him into double stacks perhaps. And so that's kind of the approach I'm taking for tournaments. What do you guys make of this line? Now you're talking about the 49ers being all beat up and, you know, I know going from two and a half to three is a big deal, and the Vegas is still hanging on. KC minus two and a half. They won't make it three just yet. Uh, does that does that stink to you? Does that smell to you, John? What's going on there? What's what's up that line? A little bit, uh, because I'm not even intrigued really to play the rushing game here. Like, and remember, we had opportunities to play Jeff Wilson in weeks three and four, and he did handle 97 percent of their running back carries in that span because that was without Tyrion Davis Price and Tevin Coleman. But then the past two weeks with Tevin Coleman involved, uh, Jeff Wilson has only handled 66 percent of their running back carries because Tevin. Tevin Coleman, even though he's not providing standalone value, is a nuisance. Davis Price was also active last week, but he just played one snap as a fullback. So uh, maybe they get him involved as well. So really, we can only cross our fingers, assume the game script, and bank on the passing game here. John, your favorite pairing with Jimmy G is who? I think it's Debo Samuel for all the reasons I mentioned just to on a week where Ayuk explodes and reaches a ceiling game. I think I'm just going to play the opposite this week. We got anything else in this game boys or shall I move on? I mean, also too, I mean, what if you just played Mahomes with the 49ers pass catchers? Sure. <laughs> That's Mahomes, a Kelsey, different way to do Mahomes. it. Sure. Yeah. I think my best lineup last week had uh, Josh Allen by himself. Uh, and like a couple of guys on KC. I can't remember what it was exactly. I don't remember the reason why I did it, but there's some logic behind it. And, you know, it just sort of worked out that way. And I don't think any of his pass catchers – well, no, Diggs was good, but didn't necessarily need him. But theoretically, you want to you want to have, you know, a, a, a pass catcher with your with your quarterback, especially if they're not a on, quarterback. On DraftKings, I don't think small or large field had Juju, even though Juju came in at 4%. Um, you know, it was, it was Burrow, Chase, Andrews, whereas FanDuel, it was – Diggs and Allen and winning tournament lineups. I think it was Allen and Juju in the same lineup. I think that's actually what I had. I think that was my best okay. lineup there. Uh, just sort of worked out that way. Yeah, I, just, he, I just say that from the angle of not playing Jimmy Garoppolo. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I get that. Yeah. I, if I had I known, though, I, I saw the percentages. I, I kind of thought they were lying. But, yeah, if I had known Mahomes and Juju were going to couple at 7%, then I probably would have played more of them. Yeah, the ownership was pretty low in those guys, and I thought it would be higher yeah. as well. And I think Allen, of course, was the more dominant quarterback in that game from an ownership perspective. But uh, it didn't; it wasn't as high as expected, just the kind of the way it turned out. But it won't be seven percent this week. No, I, I agree with that. Uh, I, you know, there's less competition. Josh Allen's not playing. Hertz is not playing. Yeah. Uh, certainly, many a lot of good teams not on the slate. A lot of good spend ups as far as receivers as well. Going to give our favorite plays position by position in just a second. Before we do that, do want to mention Thrive. Uh, join in on the fantasy prop action this NFL season with Thrive Fantasy. How does that work? It's an easy-to-play, no-salary-cap-style contest that revolves around over-under-style player props. Each prop has a fantasy score associated with the prop. The riskier the prop, the higher the fantasy score. You rack up the most points for your share of the prize pool. We're going to give you a nice, sweet, fat deposit bonus. Use the deposit bonus grinders g-r-i-n-d-e-r-s when you sign up for a deposit bonus up to 250 dollars as well as free tickets 
you get yourself six free $20 contest tickets if you deposit $500. You deposit between $100 and $499. You get two free $20 contest tickets. Terms and conditions do apply. Check out the Rotor Grinders review page for Thrive Fantasy in the description for more. Producer Steve should have some of the picks that are up on the board. I just picked this from the main contest they have there. It's a $100,000 prize. There's other things you can do on Thrive, obviously. But there's a $100,000 prize pool, 20K to first. You got to pick 10 of these 20. You got to take a stand on 10 of these 20 props. Uh, Rich, uh, is there anybody that's standing out for you? And again, the riskier you want to be with your stand, the more points you're rewarded. How ambitious do you want to be? Who do you like? Uh, the first one that stands out to me is this Chris Godwin uh, receiving yardage. Uh, you know, we saw him last week, you know, have the 95 yards, had the 12 targets. Uh, Carolina is 28th in yards per target allowed to opposing slot receivers. They're 29th in catch rate allowed to opposing slot receivers as well. So I like that uh, that Chris Godwin 61 and a half uh, right off rip. That's a pretty good call. I like that. And like you're getting 100 points for it. It's so even money either way. 100 points over, 100 points under. See that and raise it, John. What do you have as far as uh, who's standing out for you? All right. You fooled me twice, Brady, but we're pot committed. <laughs> so Brady over two and a half passing touchdowns. Ooh. That means Leonard Fournette can catch three and we still get there. So I won't necessarily lose. But the reason, like Brady, the last three weeks now with everyone healthy has averaged 48 pass attempts per game. The touchdown just haven't been there. Been there. Even last week, they had four red zone possessions. They got a, they kicked three field goals out of it. So they haven't been finishing drives. Nonetheless, the attempts have been there as they cannot run the ball whatsoever. And so I'm still going to go back to Brady, and we're going to go back to Mike Evans too. Uh, we like Chris Godwin. But for the same narrative we painted last week where Godwin wouldn't play in the second half, you can foresee that in this game. Since last week, the Panthers, with P.J. Walker, who's expected to start again this week, cleared from the injury report, uh, only completed one pass over five yards and had a negative dot on the week. Not good. Wow. I was hoping somebody would take uh, D.J. Moore over on touchdowns. Nobody wants to be that ambitious. <laughs> I mean, you got you to reach 60 yards one time before we start talking about your touchdowns. <laughs> All right, let's run it back as far as your favorite quarterbacks. Anybody stand out, John, uh, that we should, uh, we should point out here as far as the slates? Uh, we can go to Rich. I, I already said Tom Brady. I spoiled it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, those guys are all still in play. Brady, we talked about what? We talked about Mahomes. Uh, you know, yeah. Lamar is still on a, on a short slate. Like, he's still one of the few, like, apex guys out there that could get you 30. Um, he hasn't, like, lately, uh, especially the last three weeks. Uh, like, a regression immediately came for Lamar Jackson. Uh, after those first two, not first two games, because it was weeks two and three that he had those just went nuclear. But the last three games, uh, regression has come for him. He's made a QB one score in any of the past three weeks. And we saw the uh, his splits versus the blitz immediately regress uh, for they were the first three weeks to these three weeks. But still, he's running around a lot. Uh, the Browns aren't good at all. We saw them again, like last week, you know, Bailey Zappy, they got zapped. <laughs> uh, you know, so it's, it's a good matchup for Lamar. Uh, he's at home, you know, moderate team total. It all looks good. Big favorite, like all the situation, all the layout you would look for, for like a, uh, an optimal run out for a quarterback to score a bunch of points. So he's in play as well. Um, yeah, I don't know if we'll get to guys like Matt Ryan or something on this slate. Uh, I'm not chasing those, uh, 50 attempts or 60 attempts. I mean, it's just. I mean, it, for season long, I think he's he's like definitely in a streaming play. But like mm-hmm. for DFS, am I going to get there? Probably. That's a great matchup against the Titans, but 
You know, we talk about even like it's hard for me to even get the Jimmy G, even though I love that spot, right? Like, so to get to Matt Ryan is like another bridge that I've got to cross. Um, same thing with Rodgers, right? Like Rodgers has a great matchup, but I think I'd rather play the receivers for the Packers than even take a shot on Rodgers at this point. Uh, just give me, let me just play like Lazard and uh, Romeo Dubs, and I'll get my way through that. That's where I'm at too. I just, I, I don't see a need for it. I have a it's, hard it's time. Like, yeah. yeah. I initially came in looking at Ryan too. Since the Titans really struggles on deep passes, they they allow explosive plays through the air. But they just play out <laughs> Pierce. But but yeah, but Ryan Ryan only <laughs> threw two deep passes last week. And uh, what's his total at on the year now? What nine total? Eleven total? I don't know. It's Michael yeah, it's, Pittman's it's, it's, longest target this season is seventeen yards downfield. There you go. See, that's yeah. terrible. And uh, last week, it's cool. Like, if you're going to give him 16 targets, you can use him. Like, that's fine. If you want to use him like Jacoby Myers, and we're going to get that many targets. But even last week, his depth of target, nothing changed for Michael Pittman. Four and a half yards downfield. Uh, 94% of his targets were within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. He ran 58 routes. Uh, 26 of them were slants or hitches. Like, it's been the story all year. Uh, he what? missed a game and still leads the NFL in hitch routes. Which is why Paris Campbell was finally involved for a career high in targets because now they move to this quick hitting scheme where all they do is throw at the line of scrimmage. Well, they also which, didn't uh, have Jonathan Taylor. That's true too, yeah. <laughs> if you had over one and a half Paris Campbell mentions in this show, like cash your tickets, congratulations. <laughs> He's hit twice so far on this show. Hey, a question here, Rich. Is there a correlation? Like, So Cleveland's been a horrific uh, team defensively against the run. Is there a correlation when it comes to uh, quarterback running quarterbacks as well? I'm thinking about Lamar or – that depends on scheme and it depends on other factors. Like you're batting. I've, yeah, I've never really looked at it on individual stance. I mean, Lamar's getting a lot of designed runs. So, you know, you would hope that there would be some implication there where it's like, unlike Justin Fields, right? Like Justin Fields doing like all his like stuff is scrambling. That, that hasn't really been Lamar's game, but I haven't really done enough research into it. I mean, the Browns got those two light tackles. I mean, and then they've been missing Clowney's just been in and out of the lineup. But uh, the way the structure of the defense is, they have those two smaller defensive tackles, and that's just where teams have been killing them on the inside. We're going to uh, segue here to running back. And since I have you, I mean, are we looking at – are we chasing Kenny, Kenny Kenny Drake? Is Kenny Drake possibly a thing, or is that just an award? Uh, well, Justice Hill practiced today. So at minimum, like Justice Hill could be back. And then at maximum, both Dobbins and Gus Edwards maybe is a longer shot to play too. So like – Stay tuned. Stay, yeah, it's a, like maybe see what we're going into, but like it's pretty messy right now calling it from, what, 96 hours out? Yeah, yeah. If it's cluttered, ignore it. Yeah, we'll see if it gets interesting later on in the week. What about the running backs you actually like on a Wednesday night? What do you have, Rich? Uh, this is the slate is jammed with running backs. Like it's running backs are starting to fight back, right? Like it was a couple weeks. <laughs> it was a couple weeks to start the year. It was like, oh man, like every running back just looks dead. And uh, they, they've, they've punched their way back. These early round running backs are fighting back. Uh, Cause there's a lot of great guys. I Maybe mean, you can afford it. Like, you know, Derrick Henry, we just, we just saw three weeks ago, he had 150 yards and a touchdown against the Colts. Right. Uh, he's, he's getting the ball in the passing game a little bit. So we like that. Uh, DraftKings still refuses to price Brees Hall as an RB1. Like the dude's just like 6K. And then uh, it's another Josh Jacobs chalk week. Uh, I mean, to be fair, like only Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley have a larger share of their backfield touches than Josh Jacobs. Uh, and he's getting this a, a huge favorite at home against the Houston Texans. Like he's 8,500 on FanDuel. 
but on DraftKings, he's 6,500. And he has five catches in each of his past three games, too, like to go with all this rushing efficiency. Um, hard. To, he's probably going to be easily the, the highest owned guy. Yeah, yeah, crazy and, chalk on draft. Him and, him and Leonard Fournette, I think, will naturally be played just because of their spots. And Walker, uh, Jacobs, if you have the Fournette's an awesome play, too. And you mentioned Hall uh, on DK, just whatever reason. The Not a great team. matchup, but really cheap. Yeah. Uh, what's six two on DK seven six on FanDuel and matchups might not bat- matter for a guy like Brees Hall like um yeah um yeah your, your thoughts as far as uh, running back here John the the best part about it too is that the three or four running backs we were decided from last week like they were chalk because it was condensed to the four cheapest players. This week, it's at least spread out everywhere. So I don't expect there to be, like, Jacobs will be chalk relative to the slate, but there won't be a 35 to 40% Ramondre Stevenson here, at least right now anyways, on a Wednesday. So that makes it a, a lot easier to, to grasp and play. Uh, I, I still like Joe Mixon. I think that game's oh, pretty yeah. high, high scoring. Um, even though he only ha- handled 12 touches, uh, in this past game, that was still 75% of the team's backfield touches. So I like Joe Mix quite a bit. They also altered what they do on offense against the Saints. You know, Jamar Chase even got there from that from that out route and then broke a tackle and ran for the deep touchdown. But overall, the the Bengals went with the highest rate of shotgun in the league this past week, and that allowed Joe Mixon over two yards before contact per rush. It actually gave him room and gave Burrow room to operate as well. And I think they continue doing that to give themselves like more space and create more explosive plays. And so I do like Joe Mixon quite a bit too. John, you want to hit up some receivers? Um, you know, again, we talked about a lot of the good receivers aren't playing this week. Who's catching your eye? It's actually available. Um, we talked about Mike Evans. It's a game where, again, Chris Godwin can definitely get there, but we expect him to be benched in the second half since the Panthers averaged (laughs) 4.4 yards per play. They are absolutely a miserable existence of an NFL team. And then Rich hinted at it, but yeah, Alan Lazard has been the one constant recently for the Packers and an immaculate spot against commanders. Alan Lazard the past three games has averaged eight targets and a 20.5% target share. Like He's out there running deep routes against a team allowing deep passes. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of focusing my pool around those two, as well as the receivers we already talked about. It's a pretty appealing combination. Uh, Rich, a receiver for you. And just out of curiosity, if you have a big spend, is it Chase or is it Adams? Oh, Adams for sure for me, uh, just because the the matchup, the, that home team total, like it all just lines up. I mean, Houston's been getting really beat up on the outside as opposed to slot guys. And we saw that again right before their bye when Christian Kirk did nothing. Uh, Desmond King's been, been – he made like three ridiculous pass breakups in that game too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I would lean towards Adams uh, versus chasing the points from Chase. Uh, but uh, I have no problem like playing Chase with Burrow again. Like no issues with that too. I'm not trying to say like Chase is a bad play through that. I just prefer Adams a little bit uh, there. Uh DraftKings, not a lot of cheap guys have opened up yet. I'm sure we'll probably get there by the time we set lineups. But I mentioned Alec Pierce. He looks pretty interesting over there. Uh, maybe on both sites too. But uh, he's still running a, a fewer percentage of routes than Paris Campbell. But he's still been getting there, right? Like we saw this with George Pickens for a little bit, like where Pickens was getting ramped up, but like still was getting there for fantasy. And that's what we've had with Pierce the last three weeks. Uh, matchup is good. Uh, the Titans are 
one of the worst uh, teams in the league defending boundary receivers and deep balls. Uh, it's probably it, it didn't work for us with Terry McLaurin. It was Diami Brown week that week. So maybe instead of Michael Pittman, it's we're going to get like transitive property here. And it'll be like he's the Diami Brown of this week, uh, Alec Pierce. But I think he's on DraftKings. He looks pretty appealing as like a salary, like the guy to open up the, some things um, until we get later in the week. Uh, yeah, you guys mentioned Lazar, both, both Packers. I think Romeo Dubs, too. He's, he's out there getting. Uh, a, a lot of burn out there. Just the, the targets haven't found in the last two weeks. Uh, I, I doubt Robert Tunyon's going to catch 10 passes very often. Uh, so I like that one as well. And yeah, that all sounds good to me. Uh, I don't know if I missed someone. I probably did. It's um for being an ugly slate or for being a slate that lacks the top heavy options, like all the confident options are mid to high price. That's what makes it a little confusing when you're building lineups. Hunter Renfro is kind of like the mid kind of sort of cheap receiver that's sort of popping right now, which is, that sounds spectacular. Lowest uh, depth of target in the NFL, Hunter Renfro. <laughs> is it really? It's lower than Curtis Samuels even. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to get enthused. John, you mentioned Godwin might sit the second half. So was that the real thing? I know Beats were talking about it in week five when he only put at 52, 52% of snaps. Is that because they were just ahead so much and they decided to basically sit him because he played 89% last week. Is that right. the thought process? I assume so. Uh, he played six snaps in the in the second half two weeks ago. Yeah, and then and then in, in a competitive game last week, like they didn't care about his load at all. So I, I would just assume that was the reason why. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to make sure. Just like yeah, that was the thought process there, and that that sort of played through last week. Eighty nine percent of the snaps. Uh, anybody else? Yeah, last week game? showed that we're very bad at predicting that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Oh, last week showed that the NFL is bad. We knew that, though, man. <laughs> You're right. We did know that. But, do we have any takeaways as far as uh, Wandell Robinson? Uh, they, I think they kind of babied him a little bit as far as his snaps, yeah. right, Rich? I don't he just did it. He just probably didn't, he didn't play enough. I mean, he's a, he's a nice swing if you need to make it. Like you said, I think he's right. He's he's not like super cheap though. I think he's forty five on yeah DraftKings. The, the time to make it was last week, honestly, when he was stone man. Um, I almost yeah. got there too, but if I would have got there, it would have been with Lamar, so it wouldn't have mattered anyways. But you just hope to see more. Uh, he's more, like I said, shot in the dark, though. I mean, he he only played 23, 23% of snaps, ran around in 34% of the dropbacks. He got the touchdown. Jump, though, right? What's that? Doesn't it have to jump or no? Well, yeah, you would think so. But he also is kind of a niche player, too, right? Like, he's a pure slot guy, and he's going to be a pure slot guy. So they have to always be an 11 personnel. And they've kind of not been as much of an 11 personnel team by product of the players that they've had to field uh, at wide receiver this year. And they've kind of swerved into this like Saquon, you know, offense. So, yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. It's just, like I said, you're, you're taking on a player that you don't know where the snap count lies. Uh, Daniel Jones only averaging 26 pass attempts per game. I've had people ask me for the redraft streets. It's like, oh, like, where do you rank Matt Breida among the contingency <laughs> running backs to stash? And it's like, buddy. If Saquon goes down, like this offense is done. <laughs> like they run everything through him. They run through. They run five receivers. Not not one of them got more than sixty nine percent of snaps last week. And Slayton, Marcus Johnson, and there's Richie James and Sills. Like yeah, maybe it's just two, all sort of nonsense. Two weeks ago, Daniel Jones got injured, and their response was putting Saquon at quarterback for Wildcat. That's what they do. 
<laughs> that's yeah. not going to be Matt Breida Wildcat. Well, that, that tells you everything there. about Daniel Jones. So Daniel Jones has the most amount of uh, pass attempts outside of the pocket. They move everything. So they didn't play Daniel Jones in that game because he asked to come back in the game. But because they don't want to have a straight drop back game because they, they won, they can't pass protect at any level. Mm-hmm. Like, like they were like, we can't put you back there. Like, if you're hot, we need to move the pockets. So they just went and played Wildcat offense. That, like, that was so telling of like what the situation is there for that offense right now uh, that they couldn't even put him in to just have a straight drop back passing game. They're like, nah, we'd rather just run the Wildcat. Brian Dable's amazing. That's the worst five and one team ever to exist, but Brian Dable's amazing. I'm just seeing. I didn't realize Denver Jets was bet down to 38. <laughs> it was open, open, open 38.5. Nope, too high. Hammer and we up. learned last week through PJ Walker, like the situation can always be worse. So if Brett Ripien <laughs> ends up playing, like don't just think like hey, it can't be better, right? Like, right. like it's got to be better because uh, we that PJ Walker game that wasn't even real football. Like <laughs> every time you looked up, someone was running behind the line of scrimmage with the ball. And I thought the stats were lying, but they were not lying. He literally just threw behind the line of scrimmage. Christian McCaffrey is having one of the most amazing seasons in context of like surrounding offense. It's absolutely insane that like he's still getting there. We didn't mention him in passing. Um, Like he's worth mentioning, I suppose. Right. But you know, uh, it's unlikely he scores two touchdowns. He certainly can and touchdowns matter. He can get there via like a hundred receiving yards and 11 catches, but you know, he's on, he's on the, the slate. Uh, he hasn't been traded as of this podcast. Is that going to happen, or is that just all nonsense? We know no, he's not. Gonna, have you seen his contract? Yeah, who's trading for a, a thoroughly expensive run? And so, supposedly they wanted what, at least one first rounder for him. Like, get out of town. What, what, are, what are you talking about? Sometimes you find the you know every once in a while you get that that GM. That's We've necessary. done this with the NFL for the last decade with the trade deadline. Like the only time, like the only guys that like get moved are like mid or low level guys, right? Or like veterans. Like you see like some vets get moved, but we never see like splash trades, right? Like Amari Cooper was like the best we ever got, right? Yeah. Or if you get and, like an argument in the sidelines, uh, Robbie Anderson moves or something like that. But, but like Robbie Anderson's yeah. been like good for what? Like, Look at his in the context of careers. Like, do we are we qualifying Robbie Anderson as like no. a really good player? Uh, no. It was eight games in the second half when Sam Darnold returned from injury. May not even be eight. I think it was four actually, where Robbie Anderson made his entire career. Kind of like the eight games Devontae Parker made of his career with Ryan Fitzpatrick whenever Preston Williams got injured. That's why I, I don't think DJ Moore gets traded either. Like, that's that's an organization that just extended him a couple months ago. He just signed the contract extension. He's one of their best young players. Like they're not, and they got DJ Moore a relative deal compared to the other contracts Mm -hmm. that were given out to wide receivers this offseason. Like there's no way they're trading him. I I still wish. Go ahead. Uh, I'll say yes. I still wish he could get over sixty yards or be more than the wide receiver (laughs) sixty-five in fantasy points per game. But yeah, I agree. They're not going to trade him. Oh, you can't play him in fantasy. No, uh, absolutely. I mean, what they did with PJ Walker. That is the most deplorable offensive <laughs> approach I've ever seen in a football game. Like it was worse than the Kendall Hinton game. Um, <laughs> I, like I said, or like I said earlier, they completed one pass of over five air yards. Um, one, it was six air yards, and two, it wasn't PJ Walker. It was Jacob Eason in the final quarter. Like they they didn't try with PJ Walker, who's going to start again this week, mind you, against a tougher <sighs> defense, is in the lineup. It's bad. John, this is why we watch Red Zone and you're not subjected to watching P.J. Walker. This I, is, need, you're making I, need the, I need the context of P.J. Walker's throws negative three yards deep. You can't just see it on paper. 
<laughs> that's not good enough for you? Honestly, no. that's probably the one time I could have seen it on paper and been just fine with it. <laughs> you want to subject yourself. Yeah. Chris McCaffrey deserves an award, though, for what he's doing. I agree. Yeah, he's going to get – I mean, I wonder what his uh, over-under for uh, receptions is this week because I would imagine a, a bunch of balls thrown his way once again. And, well, good luck to him against Tampa Bay, playing some catch-up, 10-point dogs there, 15-point team total. we got to finish strong with tight end. They're not getting it. They're not scoring 15. <laughs> That's an egregious number. Uh, Rich, you want tight ends? I mean, Mark Andrews playing, and Waller, we'll see. We talked about Pitts, not glowingly. Uh, and then we talked about all the cheap nonsense earlier. If you want to rehash that, by all means. But we should finish strong in theory, but tight ends, go for it. No, I think we cover pretty much everyone. Like, if you want to pay up, you've got uh, Andrews and Kelsey still as legit hammers. I think we'll see Dulcich be pretty popular cash game. Like I said, it always could be worse. He only had three targets, and Brett Ripon may not be the answer either. Uh, so he got him. We might get Ott in. We've, you've rattled off all the other guys. Like, it's pretty well covered. John? It's practically what Rich said. Um, you know, it, it just feels like, even though, like I mentioned, I do like Everett in a unique strat tournament spot, it just feels like paying up for Everett and not getting to Andrews or Kelsey is going to absolutely end my soul. So uh, I, I probably still try to find a way to Kelsey or Andrews. On a Wednesday night, John, do you have a favorite game stack, a favorite to stack in general, a favorite lean? That you're kind of looking at that standing. We probably talked about it already, but feel free to reiterate or bring a point home. Bucks onslaught, no Panthers run back, or uh, having faith in the Chargers with Ezekiel Elliott. You like uh, Brady paired with Fournette and one of his pass catchers. I do. Yeah, or Godwin, or Godwin and Evans, or Otten with one of the receivers. You say onslaught. What about throwing the defense in there too, just for fun? That, that's not for fun, like because PG Walker's not going to have fun. <laughs> the problem is, like, yeah, like, it's just like because at some point Tampa's just going to chill, and then if you have the onslaught, maybe you pump the brakes on Godwin. If we expect the same thing to happen that happened a couple weeks ago, or maybe they just let him let him chill in the second half. Just a thought, but but uh, he can get there. He can get there in the first half. Yes, yeah, he only needs one half against this Carolina team. See that uh, stack, Rich, and raise it. What do you got? Uh, no, I like that. Uh, I like the games we talked about. Um, you know, I still feel like something's going to happen in that Green Bay Washington game. I haven't quite figured yeah. out what, but and Cleveland Baltimore, like, like these Cleveland games have been just blowing over the game total. Uh, last week, they didn't help it get there. I mean, well, defensively, I guess they helped it get there. They didn't do their part on offense, but like, the Browns have like sneakily had like good moments too. So like guys like Amari Cooper could still be in play and Joku, like th- there could be something there too. And then Houston Raiders, obviously we didn't talk about it. I actually thought Daigle was going to pick Houston Raiders, but uh, that one didn't make it. But that is another game too that can op- uh, probably get there as well. We, we can't talk about, well, but there's two players on Houston. That's that we true. Can talk about. That's it. Add yeah, Damian Pierce, by the way, to the, Damian Pierce, add him to the running back mix. Since we have like 12 running backs to choose from uh, the Texans haven't lost by more than 10 points in any game this year. So since week two, we don't really have a good sample of if they would take Pierce off the field and true negative game script, but they were down three touchdowns. They were down 21 nothing to the Chargers, and Pierce still ran more routes in that game than Burkhead. So, like, maybe Pierce, even in a blowout game script, maybe he's still a guy that gets there. 
under rostered because everyone thinks the tech, the Raiders who aren't even good, just run over the Texans. <laughs> yeah. And we got it. We're rookies coming out of buys. You know, it's yep. usually you see the, the, the post buy bump for rookies later in the year. It's early in the season, but man, Pierce was, he was an awesome pass protector at Florida. So like just him getting more opportunities, uh, He's he's literally looking like he's gonna be a three down guy of sooner than later. G- given how much ownership Adams and Jacobs are gonna roster, tacking on Pierce is probably a really good skinny stack way to go. Not Cooks. We never mentioned Tyler Heineke. Was that was that by design? Do yeah, not I mean... ever mention. <laughs> do not mention him ever again. <laughs> That's it. We, we've been as strong with Tyler Heineke. Do appreciate y'all listening to the Pick Six Show, week number seven. Appreciate our sponsor, Thrive. Always saying, everybody knows who Rebar is. Everybody knows who Daigle is. But uh, just in case there's one person out there listening, they want to know where they can follow your content. Daigle, tell the people. If you're hanging around in the redraft streets, I'm still riding the waiver wire column every single week. And I bet if you DM me at NotJDaigle on Twitter, I can probably get you 25% off. I bet I can do that. So please come hang out. I'm still there every day being tired. We're still here. All right, Rich, same deal. Yep. Uh, Sharp football analysis. You can find a worksheet over there, uh, writing up these games, breaking them down uh, at Lord Reeves on Twitter. Uh, listen, everyone, good luck again. We'll hit, let's hit those cash lines and tip something over. Let's do it. I'm at uh, DFS un- underscore Almanac on the Twitters, if you all care. Uh, on behalf of Rich, on behalf of John, uh, on behalf of producer Steve, on behalf of uh, Paris Campbell, Rocco's country. Mm. Let's ride. Appreciate y'all <laughs> listening to the Pick Six Show. I was Dean. Take something down this week. We're out of here. Holler.